1: A few weeks ago, my wife and I are going on a little two-day getaway. We've got some friends who've got a place down at the coast, and so we were all packed up. We were ready. We had our plans. They were going to take us out into the bay and show us some alligators, so we were excited. So with the cars packed, we're uh, backing out of the driveway, and on the dashboard we see this symbol. Ah. Well, I thought to myself, you know, it's just gotten cold, and this is the low-pressure sensor, so probably what happened is it just got a little bit cold, and uh, it's no big deal. So we were excited. We had plans and so I just took off. I just took off. So I call these idiot lights because a true mechanic before he left on a trip, he would have gone around or she would have gone around every single tire, checked the tire pressure, checked the oil. That's not what I do. All right, so we're just going to we're going to pray and hope for the best. So here we go. We take off. And we're going, and and, uh, you know those long lonely roads, you get down there, there's nothing but cattle around Cuero, Texas, and uh, all of a sudden, boom! No. Here's the truth of the situation. Some of you, I lost your respect when I had apathy towards vehicle maintenance. I didn't even check to see if anything was wrong. But all of you, I lost your total respect when I saw this and still chose to go anyway. There was a warning light that said that there was a problem or a potential problem, and I chose not to do it, and instead I just drove down the road. Well, the story's true except for the fact that I didn't drive. I aired up the tire, I looked on it, I saw a nail, I thought, I don't think that's actually connected, I think it's just kind of in the grooves when I— Touched the nail a little bit, went, S-s-s-s-s. I was like, okay, I think, I think we got a problem. So, I took it to the tire shop, and uh, we loaded everything in the other car, and we headed to the coast and had a fantastic weekend with our friends. Aren't you glad that we have these warning lights before there's a problem that tells us, hey, pay attention, because there could be a problem? Don't you wish that you had a warning light for your life? Don't you wish you had a dashboard that long before things blew up? Because here's the deal, if you see this, it's one thing to have a flat tire, it's another thing to have a blowout going 75 miles an hour down the road. One of them can delay you for a while, one of them can wreck you forever. Don't you wish you had a dashboard? Something in your life that said, all right, I've got to watch out for this, here's the warning lights, but then also on the other side that said, I want to make sure I'm actually making progress. Because see, our friends moved to a new house that we had never been to before, so we plugged it into the GPS that showed us exactly how far we were going, exactly how long we had to be there, exactly how many turns we had to make along the way. So today I want to use the Scriptures to show you how to make a dashboard in your life to warn you of some potential problems, also to guide you in the ways that you want to go so that you actually reach your destination. So we're going to look at 2 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 14. Just one verse at first, and then we'll go back to the text. The Bible says, "'Therefore, dear friends, while you wait for these things, make every effort to be found without spot or blemish in His sight at peace.'" So the Bible says we're going to need to look at warning signs or warning lights in our life, and we're going to need to look for every spot or blemish. So we're going to design a—the first half of our dashboard has got our warning lights. Now the Bible's very clear about this. It says, make every effort. If you're not willing to do some work, if you're not willing to examine, if you're not willing to look, then this isn't going to work for you. It's not just something that's going to magically happen and everything's going to be okay. You're going to have to make some effort to look at what your spots or blemishes are and deal with them. Now, I think a lot of us today, part of the problem is that we love to look at other people's spots or blemishes. We love to point out the fact of lost people are in our community or people that fall from grace and say, look at what they did, because it's just not our problems. It's not our warning signs. It's theirs. Let me give you an illustration. A few days before Christmas 1970, the White House had a person show up, try to get into the White House. Well, that's not super uncommon, but what was interesting about this particular visitor is they actually listened. And they actually thought about it. He said, I've got a six-page letter here that I want you to deliver to the President of the United States. I have a Christmas gift form that I want to give him myself, and I want to meet with the President today. That most people they would send away immediately, but this actually made it up the chain of command. The reason was, is the visitor was Elvis Presley. The the president was President Richard Nixon. Let me show you a picture. Evidently Elvis was a very likable person. He was very personable and warm, Uh, evidently Nixon was not. And so you've got this great picture, it's one of the most famous pictures ever of of Nixon looking uh, unusually uncomfortable, and Elvis, man, he is decked out in his suede outfit looking good. And he actually got to meet with the president that day. And he said, I've got a gift for the president. They let it—they they took the gift to give to the president later. They didn't let him give it to him personally because it was a gun. And so, you're not allowed to bring guns into the White House, evidently. And so, uh, so he—but but, he—the reason for the meeting was, for Elvis's sake, is he said, I want to be named a federal agent at large. I am uh, upset and I'm concerned about the drug culture within our country. This is, this is 1970. Think of, we're coming out of the late 60s. The, the Beatles are the most popular band. They're very, very avid uh, pot smokers. You've got anti-establishment. You've got uh, riots on campuses. You've got Haight-Ashbury streets. You've got all of this countercultural movement centered around drug use, and it bothered Elvis. And Elvis told the president, I want to do something about this. I want to help eradicate drugs in our nation, so I need you to make me a federal agent at large so that I I can talk about it, and I can do something about it. Well, the president had an agenda as well. The president knew that this was the king of rock and roll. He was incredibly powerful, and, and Nixon needed uh, uh, always supporters, and so he actually listened to him and They actually met. Later on, Nixon sent him this. This is a personalized badge for the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs, which eventually uh, became the DEA, personalized for Elvis Presley. They gave him this badge. Now, what's so interesting to me about this conversation and how it unfolded was this. Here's Elvis Presley greatly, greatly bothered by the drug culture of our country, while simultaneously being a drug user. He was a chronic drug user, started uh, when he was in in, uh, the army his whole life. And a few years after this picture was taken, at 48 years of age, Elvis Presley was dead from drug use. See, he didn't use illegal drugs. His doctor prescribed him, but he was a uh, lifelong—his adult lifelong drug user. But here he was pointing out other people. Be careful. The Bible says, let's make sure that we deal with every spot or blemish. This is your dashboard. You don't have to show it to anyone else. It's a way for you and Jesus to make sure that you're on the right path. So, what are your warning signs? Well, the, the first uh, group, I'm going to give you three groups of how to think through your warning signs. The first one is the obvious one. Those are the things that you're either currently dealing with or have overcome in your past. All of us know we've got some warning signs, we've got some warning lights. And so, you've got to decide on what those are, and you've got to list them. Even the ones that you've overcome, you say, well, this was a problem in my past, but this is not something I'm really dealing with right now. You want to list those because in times of stress or others they can come up. So here's one of mine, anger. There have been times in my life— Where I was stressed, you got little kids, seems like you've got more bills than you have money. Seems like like there were so many times where River Valley seemed to not be doing what I thought it should be doing, or growing the way I thought it should be growing, or or other problems, And, and that would come out in anger. Now, for me, it was, it was just kind of a shortness with my family a lot of times. It was, it was just kind of, you know, a damper on the mood because I was a little bit sullen and things weren't going as well. The dog knew it especially because I can, I can get away with a certain amount to my children, but when the dog's around and uh, Melinda's not, I mean, that, that sucker could get kicked. And so, so he, he knew when I was stressed, right? And so, so uh, by the grace of God, he's helped me to deal with a lot of this. And so, so that's not a problem anymore, but I want to list that because uh, stressful times are coming in the future, things things that might trigger me in that way, and I want to be able to watch that. Now, the Bible says as well that we ought to look at the second group, which is in His sight—in His sight. Here's one of the best indicators uh, that I have on my current dashboard in my car. It's this. It's a blind spot indicator. When you're driving down the road and you're going to switch lanes, you kind of look over real quick. But if you don't turn around to look at that five o'clock spot, that's your blind spot. See, right behind you is no problem because you've got a rearview mirror. Right beside you is no problem because you can see it even in your peripheral vision. But your blind spot—if you've got a new car—I guarantee you, at some point you've started to come over and uh, and you're you're car would beep, 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 and you're looking, oh no, and then and then they honk their horn to let you know, excuse me, sir, but you are in my lane. Yeah, you know, very nicely. That's that's how they do it. And so, so, but we need, but, but the reason that we need Jesus' help, the Bible says any spot, spot or blemish in His sight is because Jesus knows our blind spots. Jesus knows the way, we, we can answer, okay, here's the things I'm dealing with. But Jesus is amazing at helping us deal with the things that we don't even see, that we don't even know. And here's one of the best ways that I've found that Jesus does this. See we think of sin in this way. We think of sin as doing something wrong. Doing something wrong. That's that's what sin is. I, I shouldn't have been angry, I was doing something that is wrong. But what Jesus comes along and says, no, 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 that's true, but it's incomplete. Sin is also not doing what is right. Not doing what is right. And so, I go to God and I say, you know what, I'm working on my anger, and God says, good, I'm so glad. But what about doing what is right? What you're not doing right now, Cody, is you're not doing very well with kind words. See, you're not yelling anymore, or you're not kicking the dog anymore, but you're not using kindness within your home. You're you're not looking at your wife and, you know, you develop a habit of manners and just say, hey, thanks for dinner. But there's a world of difference in just saying thanks and looking at them and saying, you know what? I truly appreciate what you do. You come home every single day. You have to think about dinner, prepare for dinner, shop for dinner. You have to make thank you I really appreciate the way that you take care of our family in that way. That, that It's not anger, and it's not even manners, it's, it's kindness. It's truly pouring into them. It's looking at their children and saying, well, I don't yell at them anymore, but do I make sure and pour in the grace of God that I've been given in my life in theirs to steer them correctly? So we're going to look first in an area of our life of what we know we've got problems with, and then in His sight. What he knows, we have problems with, and then the third area, we're going to let the Bible show us some areas. Let's look at uh, chapter fifteen, or chapter three, verse fifteen and sixteen. It says, also regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. So stop right there. If you've never been through this process, and me saying, open up your heart to God, and let Him pour into you, you might be afraid that that that. That interaction is going to be harsh, and hard, and painful, and I'm here to tell you, man, God is so patient and good in this process. I love it when He shows me things within my life that that I have. Uh, areas where I need to work on, that I have weaknesses or sin. He's so patient in doing that. So, so I want to encourage you, as you allow the, the Bible, the Holy Spirit to, to deal with you, don't sit there and think, boy, he's going to yell at me, he's going to be horrible. He's going No, it really is. He's so patient in doing this. So back to the text, just as our dear brother Paul has written to you according to the wisdom given to him. He speaks about these things in all these letters. There are some matters that are hard to understand. The untaught and unstable will twist them to their own destruction, as they also do with the rest of Scriptures." So, we're going to read the Word of God, and we're going to let the Word of God, the Scriptures, begin to show us areas that we need to work on in our life. Maybe sins that, we ought, that we're that we doing that are wrong, or sins that we're not doing that are right. But as we read the Word of God, it's amazing how the Scriptures, as it's taught, how the Scriptures come into our life, it really and truly begins to illuminate our lives in some areas that we should put on this screen. So, for us, He says, and then here are two areas that we will just use straight out of this scripture, he says, we're untaught or unstable. The problem with some of us, just uh, according to the, the text, is we're untaught. The Bible's very clear at this point. It says, I get it, there's some things that are hard to understand about the Bible. It's not something that you just open up the very first time and completely know. It unfolds itself in stages really and truly throughout your whole life. But you speed up that process, and you begin to learn quicker how. You're taught. Someone teaches you. You come on Sunday morning. You discuss it during groups. You open it for yourself during the week, and you begin to let the Word of God teach you in that. I think all of us at River, if you're a part of River Valley, you would agree. You're like, okay, we need to do that. But then he warns us, some of us, the problem isn't that we're untaught, it's that we're unstable. It's that we jerk forward. We're like, okay, I, man, I've been convicted. I haven't—I've been to church here. This is the first time in several months. You know, I'm not in a group. I i don't know where my Bible is. I don't remember the last time—so I'm going to— read it for myself, so I'm going to jump in, I'm going to get it, and you make this lurch forward, and then you stop. And then you get convicted, and then make a little lurch forward, and then you stop. And the Bible says, now let's be stable about these things. Let's, let's uh, make sure—we that we have the easiest way in the world to make sure that you're here every single week. It's with our online uh, campus. Man, you, have, you can check in online with our Facebook and with our, our uh, YouTube here, In either one of those, you just type in River Valley Bastrop, and you can watch every single week. Every, I mean, you can be a part of what we're doing, because I, I get it, you miss some along the way. Melinda sent me a picture, and as their group, uh, I left a day early because I had to come back and preach, but when we were down at the coast, the group that she came back with, they listened to the sermon on the way home, and they discussed it. You can be taught. So, it, there's two ways right there with, your, with YouTube and Facebook that you can always be at service. That you can always be consuming the Word of God in your life, and how, how to really and truly see it manifest and showing you the things that you should do. But you've got to be stable in that. Make a decision today and follow that through as often as you can. I, I live down by the river, and there's a lot of pecan trees down there. So, because of the pecan trees, especially, we have a lot of squirrels. We have squirrels everywhere, and so, uh, and uh, from time to time, uh, I'll hit a squirrel uh, with my car. Now, I don't like that. I am not a hunter. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really—that's just not my. You know, I'm not a squirrel killer. I love them. They're fuzzy. They're wonderful. Okay, so don't hear me say that, but. The majority of the time, this is how a squirrel dies. A squirrel will be in the middle of the road, and I will be driving down, and that squirrel will see me. I will slow down, and I'll be watching the squirrel so when he goes right, I can veer left. But instead of deciding, this squirrel from time to time, they'll go. And I'm like, you got to choose, man! I mean, you, you know, i mean, just—and and, and then, and then they finally—they're like, they'll go this way, and then all of a sudden they're like, no, 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 And they'll go that way, and I'll go that way, and you go, ba I mean, there it is! So, uh, <laughs> several <laughs> of you, I can see you go, oh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, just, just get over it, all right? Uh. <laughs> Why? Why? They're unstable! Pick a direction, dude! I mean, you know? That's what happens with us. Man, we're like, you, you know, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to join a group. And then you look up, and you're like, what's the name of that church that I go to again? I mean, that, you know, that it happens. So, you've got to make a decision, I'm going to be a part of worship every week. The majority of that within our our, here in this room, but even when you're not, to be a part of it online and see, make a decision in those. So, so there's a lot of these that can happen, so I just want to show you that. And then, then here's how we've got to use this dashboard. Again, this is for you, so you don't have to show this to anybody. But you're going to have to evaluate. Okay, these are the warning lights that might pop up, but they're not yet, or we're, we're about to find out. So how do we know? We'll see. Well, we said in the first, we said, you know, I really used to struggle with anger, but that's that's not currently a problem. So I'm gonna I'm gonna grade myself, and I'm gonna give myself that's a green. This green is go. We're we're okay. I need to be aware of that because it can change, and I need to revisit this fairly regularly. But right now, we're okay with that. But you know what? The Lord kind of showed me, you know what? I'm not being angry, but I'm not being kind. Not near as much as I need to be or as God has called me to be. So, I'm going I'm to give myself a caution. That's a yellow. Again, what's great about the dashboard is He's showing us before. Before there's a problem he 's showing us deal with this because if you don't, it can be a real problem it's one thing to have a flat tire it's another thing to have a blowout going down the road. so God can warn us with a caution if we evaluate. Sometimes we have to be honest and we have to give ourselves a red now. I cannot find anywhere red uh, post-it notes. So, this is uh, red. Just trust me. If you're watching on screen today, it's the camera's a little bit fuzzy. This is not pink. It's red. So, you might have to say, you know what? That's me. My relationship with Christ and my, my relationship with, the Word of, uh, with Christ through the Word of God is just, it's just taking a back seat. And I need, to, I need to heed this warning sign. The Bible says it has wisdom. So He's going to not only show us uh, how, where we are, He's going to show us how to get out of that. And if we don't take, pay attention to those, we're simply Elvis talking about everybody else's problem when we've got flashing signs on our dashboard that say, hey, watch out. Watch out, you could be in real trouble here. Now the Bible says as well that we're going someplace, So, warning signs will help us know that we're going to have to stop at some point, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going in the right way. So on this side, we're going to put gauges or GPS to make sure that we're going the right direction, that we can evaluate the way that we're going. So let's look at verses 17 and 18. Therefore, dear friends, since you know this in advance, be on your guard, so that you're not led away by the error of lawless people and fall from your own stable position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory now and to the day of eternity." So, the Bible says, okay, I'm warning you in advance. There are some people that are going to try to take you off Track There are some people, some ways of the world that are going to try to steer you in the wrong direction. So, the Bible gives us two goals in this. First, He says, I want you to be stable. Down here, one of our problem areas that we were unstable, but God says, I want you to be stable in the areas of your life. So, let's name a few of those. A few weeks ago, we talked about the realms of your, your the kingdom within you. So, one of those— your relationship with Jesus. Man, God wants you to be stable in that area, and you to have a vibrant, ongoing relationship with Jesus. And then, uh, a lot of us are are married, so God wants us to have a relationship that is stable. Why didn't He become an artist, is what you're thinking right now. So. Some of us, got, we got some little ninos at home, right? And so, so, and then just one more that's, that's easy uh, because I could think of the symbol is our money. That's, a, that's an important area of our life. By the way, uh, the next series I'm going to do, I going to help you uh, learn how to do biblical finances, not just giving, uh, but so much more importantly, how you spend your money. Because for a lot of uh, my life with Melinda, uh, this was the biggest stressor within our lives. This was the hardest one. This was the one that, if we were going to have words most of the time, often, that's what it was going to be over. And God is, man, God's doing some cool things within our finances. I'm so, so thankful. So, I want to teach you some of those things. But here's what God says about all these areas. Okay, we, we want to have a great relationship with Jesus. We want to have a vibrant relationship with our spouse. We want to have uh, children that grow up to be godly and healthy. We want to have money, enough money to do what God is calling us to do. You might also list your job down here. You know, one thing that I would have never have thought about except in the last few years is the second half of my life. All of a sudden, my, my kids are gone. I, I don't—I have more time because they, they're, they're not requiring as much time anymore. Uh, my oldest child, is, she's uh, graduating in May, and so, she'll go out and get her own job. So, I'm about to have way more money. It's going to be awesome, you know? I mean, it's gonna be, so, so what do I do with that? How do I, and so, so for me, you know, it's this how do I use this, how do I steward the second half of my life well in some of those areas? And so here's what God says God gives us this tremendous picture that I want you to pick up on. God says, I can help you to be stable. In all the realms that are important to you in your life. Isn't that a good looking picture? That's what God can do for you. I tell church planners, I help church planners quite often, and I'll tell them you can have a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. You can have a growing, flourishing marriage. You can raise godly children. You can have uh, the money to do what God wants you to do, and you can plant and grow this tremendous church, and you can do them all at the same time all at the same time. Not where you have to say, you know what, my job just demands that I don't get to do what I need to with my family, or my money's never enough to be able to put Christ first, or whatever it is in your life. God says, I can help you to be stable in all of those areas. That's the first goal. And then the second goal, He says in verse 18, is I want you to grow in grace. Grow in grace. Now, I want you to think about that for a second, because he warned us over here, he said, make every effort. So we're going to have to work at this, but over here, grace is not your effort. Grace is God saying, you can't do it perfect. And even if you could do it perfect from this point forward, you've messed up some of these tremendously. I'm going to give you grace, not what you deserve, but how good I am. The Bible says He lavishes gifts on us. He gives us what we don't deserve. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, I can not only have a flourishing relationship with Him, but one that's growing getting more green, getting better. Not just getting to the point where you say, you know what, we're probably not going to have a divorce, the money's okay, but saying, we're going to have a fantastic marriage, and we're going to be able to give extraordinarily and extravagantly to the work of God. And we're going to send out children, not just, you know, who make it okay, but truly make a difference in the world for Jesus Christ and His kingdom. He wants us to not only be stable in all of these areas, but also growing. Also growing, and our dashboard can look that way when we focus on what he's calling us to do. Now, as Mel and I went to the coast, I told you that we uh, we hadn't been to this this new house of our friends before. So uh, instead of you know writing down all the directions, it's a whole lot easier. Just give me your address and we'll plug it in. And that's what we did with the GPS. We just plugged it in, and so the. We go and we travel and we watch the we watch the uh, odometer and we know it's about 145 miles. So we see we're getting closer. The GPS is telling us the turns to make and we're doing it correctly. And then finally, finally, even though we had a flat tire, even though we could have our whole trip could have been derailed, even though I'm not very good with directions, I've got a GPS. And so what happens? We get to see this sign. You have arrived. We pull up, and there's Kenneth and Robin, our friends. We pull up, and we get to see their house. We pull up, and we get to spend this great weekend with them. We have arrived. So the questions are—there's a few questions here that I want to ask you. The first is, are you paying attention to your warning lights? Are you paying attention to your warning lights? It's a good question. And it's not meant to get in your grill, it's meant to encourage you that you can arrive. But even if you apply biblical principles to your life, they work whether you're a Christian or not, by the way. I mean, God has answers for marriage and money and anger. God has—but but are you not only paying attention to your warning lights, do you know where you're going and are you sure you're going to get there? Because at the end of our lives, the Bible says we do all of this, why? For Him to be the glory, both now and at the day of eternity. Both now and at the day of eternity. One of these days, you're going to die, or Jesus is going to come back, and the day of eternity, boom, is upon us. Are you going in the right direction? Do you know where you'll spend an eternity? Is your life being lived in such a way that you're bringing glory and honor to Jesus Christ as Lord? Are you just kind of going through the motions? It'd probably be all right. I'll ignore the warning signs, and surely I'll make it to heaven. I'm a pretty good person. I tried hard. The Bible says that we can die knowing that we will be face to face with Jesus, and He will look at us and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with just a few things, but you did it right. And so now come into my presence, and I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Share in your master's joy. The reason I'm doing this today and the reason that the Bible is written is so that you can have an eternity, a day of eternity, where you walk into his presence and you share in your master's joy. You have arrived. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Do you have any warning lights going off in your life? I'm talking about things that really, really could derail you. Not slow you, derail you. Sometimes we've got, we've got red lights. We've got real warnings. So today, man, give those to Christ. Acknowledge those before Him. Even if you've got all green right now, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ as Lord, you've got the past that's holding you down. You've got the sins that are weighing in your life. You can give Jesus your life today and let Him forgive your sins and set you free. And then let Him show you the plans that He has for you. Not just areas of improvement, but a life vision, a life purpose the reason he created you today he has that for you but you've got to make the decision i'm going to make sure i know where i'm going and i'm going to pay attention to the warning lights along the way and if you've got sin in your life that you need to confess then do that right now just tell him god i've got this red i've got this red light blinking on my dashboard it's been on and off for years. God, take it away from me. Sometimes you don't even know. You just might have to say, you know what, Jesus? I know that as my life unfolds, that you'll show me how to live. God, show me. I choose to follow you. The Bible says that Christ died on the cross according to Scriptures, that He was buried, and on the third day he came alive according to Scriptures. So that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord be saved. Jesus died so that your sins don't don't have to live with you forever and permanently derail you. Ask Jesus to come in your life and be your lord. Ask Jesus to give you stability in the areas. If you've got areas you're like, "Man, I know this that this one is is unwieldy. <laughs> My marriage is, is is not great. I've got that one child that that really seems to be not following you, and I'm concerned about the way that they're going. I've, God, our money is such a stressor in our life. It's not to your glory, it's, it's to our detriment. God, help us to have stability in all the important areas of our life, and help us to grow in grace. God, we're going to make an effort, but our efforts will always fall short. Help us to grow in grace in Jesus Christ. We love you, And we praise you. And God, we look forward to the day where we see on the dashboard we've arrived, our day of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and we'll worship God.
0: Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions and ministries and thank you for giving your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us you are helping reach people for the gospel of jesus you can go to myrivervalley.church slash give for more details there as well we'll see you next week